Hello, this is Philip Schoenfeld, Editor-in-Chief of Evidence-Based GI, and today I'll be discussing a new summary entitled SEER 109, an oral microbiome therapy decreases recurrent Clostridium difficile infection, which was written by one of our associate editors, Dr. Jessica Allegretti of Brigham and Women's Hospital and Harvard Med School. This is reviewing a recent New England Journal publication entitled SEER 109, an oral microbiome therapy for recurrent C. diff infection, which demonstrates that a new oral microbiome therapy may be beneficial to prevent repeated or recurrent C. diff infection. So Dr. Allegretti, let's just start by discussing why this is such an important topic. Yeah, and thanks for having me as always. This is an extremely important topic, of course, one that's near and dear to my heart as somebody who treats C. diff patients. And why this is so important is because recurrent C. diff continues to be an epidemic in this country. There's an estimated half a million new cases of C. diff infection in this country every year. And we know that about almost 30% of those patients will go on to develop recurrent C. diff. Now, currently we're still utilizing antibiotics as the mainstay of treatment for recurrent C. diff. However, one once you have three or more confirmed episodes, we know that antibiotics, at least the ones we have currently available, are unlikely to clear that infection and subsequent recurrences are essentially inevitable. And microbiome-based therapies have really shown to be the best way at preventing subsequent recurrences. And while we have FMT or fecal microbiota transplantation available as of now, that is not an FDA approved product. And so I think having FDA approved products that are available to clinicians is incredibly important. Right. I know we've talked about the fact that during the COVID-19 pandemic, the ability of different centers to get donations of the material for a fecal transplant has become quite limited. And obviously, if we have a commercial product, then that could be very helpful. So what did the investigators look at in this study? Yeah, so this is fairly traditional randomized placebo-controlled trial. They enrolled patients with confirmed recurrent C. diff. Now, what's interesting about this study is it was a pretty tight inclusion criteria in that patients had to have been tested using EIA toxin-positive testing to enter into the study. Why that's relevant is because a lot of centers around the country are still using PCR testing. The problem with PCR testing is that if you only have a PCR test in front of you, you cannot distinguish colonization from active infection. And if you're familiar with the phase two data from this company, they had a negative phase two study and they cited as one of the problems that they potentially allowed too many patients who had PCR testing in, and those patients likely didn't have real disease. So they really tightened up this protocol. They used patients who only had EIA toxin positive testing in, so real deal C. diff. And then patients were randomized to receive these SEER 109 capsules or identical placebos. And additionally, patients received bowel preparation prior to the treatment, which I think is something novel about this study as well. And then patients were followed for the traditional eight weeks of follow-up as is in with many C. diff studies. Yeah, there were some really elegant aspects to this randomized control trial. As you said, the patients here had had at least three episodes of C. diff in the past 12 months. You knew for sure they were producing C. diff toxin based on the enzyme immunoassay. And then the majority of patients were treated with vancomycin, although a minority got fidaxomycin, and then 
before they started taking the investigational microbiome product, they drank some mag citrate to try to wash away any remaining antibiotic that might be active in the colon. So patients took this microbiome therapeutic for three days and then were followed for eight weeks. What did the results show? Yes. So there were, I would say, very significant results in that the patients who received active therapy had significantly lower rates of C. diff recurrence at eight weeks compared to those who had placebo. Um, And I would say these results are, I would say, encouraging, but not totally surprising. You know, I think based on what we know from FMT and microbiome-based therapies, we expect these to work. I think after series learned some really important clinical trial design lessons from their phase two with this really, as I mentioned, tight study design, really elegant study design. I think I was very relieved and encouraged to see how significant the patients in the treatment arm did compared to placebo. And I think, again, we'll talk about potentially some of the limitations, but I think overall, the message of the study was that this therapy worked quite well at preventing recurrent C. diff infections. Right. Only 12% of the patients in the SEER 109 group had a symptomatic C. diff infection recurrence versus 40% in the placebo arm. And, you know, eight weeks is really enough since the majority of the recurrent infection occurs within two weeks. In fact, in this study, 75% of the recurrences occurred within the first two weeks after they got the treatment. So that calculates out to a relative risk of only 0.32, or you're reducing the rate of recurrence by almost 70% here. So what do you consider to be the limitations of the study? Yeah, so I would say there are a few that I think should be addressed with regards to the generalizability to the general population. As I mentioned, they had a very tight inclusion criteria. Now, three or more confirmed episodes is a pretty standard FMT referral population. But again, most centers around the country still are using PCR testing. And so the fact that they mandated EIA positive testing in, I think is notable. Doesn't mean that it's wrong. You know, I use the enzyme immunoassay in my practice because I I recognize the limitations of PCR and I've had those discussions with my micro lab, but not everybody has that ability. And so I do think you do have to take that into consideration. How will this actually work in clinical practice? We probably won't see as impressive numbers when we actually get some real world data with this agent. I think the other thing that's notable here is again, that use of magnesium citrate before therapy. I think it's still unclear if that's going to be in the label for this drug when it eventually gets approved. And is that actually going to be happening in practice? You can imagine these are patients with recurrent C. diff who've been suffering with a diarrheal illness. If you tell them, go home and drink some bowel prep before these capsules, are they actually going to do that? And how will that affect the efficacy of this therapy, again, in real world practice remains unclear. So I just put that up as a caution when we think about these numbers and in this very tightly controlled trial. And I'm going to be very curious to see some real world evidence that hopefully I'm sure we'll analyze at some point when we actually get this in our hands and we start to use it in practice. Yeah, as you said, part of the trial design was that patients took basically a bottle of mag citrate, 10 ounces of mag citrate on the evening before they started either placebo or SEER 109 to wash out any active vancomycin or fidaxomycin in their colon. And yes, patients with recurrent C. diff are not going to be looking forward to doing that. And we'll wait and see what's in the label, which brings us 
to what you do in your own practice, because this is still an investigational agent. The application is before the FDA right now to approve. And I think we're all hopeful to have new therapeutics by 2023, but it's still going to be multiple months away before we have something like this. So what do you do in your own practice for patients with recurrent C. diff? Yeah, so I think we're in a really interesting time for those of us who care for C. diff patients. I am still doing quote unquote traditional FMT in that I still do obtain material from open biome and I do still screen patients with recurrent C. diff in my clinic and I offer colonoscopically administered FMT as well as capsule FMT in my practice. Now, as those who have been practicing throughout the pandemic know, there was a major shift in what has been available with regards to FMT material, you know, open biome really took a big hit after the FDA really put a lot of restrictions on them and mandated different testing. So the material quantity that is left available is limited. And so they have really limited shipment to centers of excellence to really make sure that the therapy is being utilized appropriately. And so I would say to anyone who has a patient in their clinic that they think is needs an FMT, I would certainly say go check out the Open Biome website. And if you don't have the availability to do it at your center, there should be a center of excellence near you that your patients within driving distance that your patients should be able to get referred to. Um, I would also note that many of these companies, including Ceres, still have open label programs, clinical trials that you can enroll in. And so if that's of interest to you, I would go to clinicaltrials.gov and see if there's a site near you that you could send a patient to as well or become a site yourself. Well, those are definitely good options. I know in my own practice for recurrent C. diff patients, we refer them to the University of Michigan, which is within 30 minutes of our site. And that's our regional center of excellence to get FMT. But if and when we have something like CR 109 available commercially, it will be much easier for our listeners to treat this. Hopefully, as you noted in your summary, insurance coverage will be adequate so we can actually get it for our patients. Absolutely. As I said, as with all things in medicine and in GI, a lot will be determined by the cost of this and the cost of the patient. I think those of us, again, in this space, learned this lesson with fidaxomycin, which is a great antibiotic, but it was almost impossible to get because of cost. I certainly hope we don't see the same thing befall these microbiome therapeutics. I hope they are accessible and affordable. And I'm excited for the future because this is a very exciting product, but there are many coming. And so I'm happy that we're going to have options for our patients. That's another great point. There are several other microbiome therapeutics that are under investigation, and it's likely in the next year or two that we'll have other options in addition to CR 109 to treat. So that's very exciting for our listeners that hopefully within the next six months or so, we'll have other options for them. Thanks very much for joining us today, Dr. Allegretti. Thanks for having me as always. 